exactly to put on radio shows. We have a whole new batch of ideas to assault your ears with. Today we have an interview with the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater Group, as well as a summary of the Bioneers Conference. But first, we have some fine melodic sounds from our host of Bikra. We're going to kick it off first with a song chosen by Tracy. It's called The Fallen by Franz Ferdinand. just heard The Fallen by Franz Ferdinand. Now let's get back to Kyle. Recently, several members of our crew were able to interview two actors from an improvisational comedy theater group called Gorilla Tango. Here's what they had to say. Hi, this is Tracy Tram, and I'm here with Lucia Martinez, and we're going to interview uh, two guests today, Kelly Williams and Dan Abate. First question I probably want to ask is, if we were to walk into Gorilla Tango on Friday night, what would I see? Uh, well, every Friday night at 8 o'clock, we have our improvised shows. So basically, you're not sure what you're going to see, but all you'll know is that it's going to be completely made up and it's never been done before. Um, so that's why you can come back every single week and see it. Actually, on Friday nights, we actually have three different teams. We have a student team uh, of about four people, and they perform for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then we have two different teams of the ensemble, which are professional improvisers, and they've been doing this for about two years now. And are any of you part of the professional team? Mm -hmm. Both of us, actually, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I perform on uh, Friday nights with the Friday Night Gunfight, by the way. That's the name of the show. Um, And then also on Saturdays. In the improvised musical, we both perform on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. The same idea, different show. But every week you see a new musical, completely improvised. Wow. Um, many of our listeners, um, they probably have seen the show Whose Line Is It Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, are any of your shows alike, that show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway actually is a short-form improv show, which currently we don't have a short-form improv show running on the schedule. And what that means is that, you know, in Whose Line Is It Anyway, they play all those games where they've got, you know, they're basically performing a scene with a certain amount of rules or whatever laid on top of it, and then they play the, the game, and then they're done, and they move on to the next thing. We do uh, long-form improvisation, which is to improvise an entire plot and an, impl- an entire story uh, as the whole entire show as opposed to those little short games. Do you in any way have any characters that you've thought of beforehand and what they're like? Actually, we usually make a rule that if you think of it ahead of time, and then especially if you say it ahead of time, you can't use it. You're, it's, you have to completely go into it fresh every single time. So, um, you know, it doesn't do you any good to sit at home and think of, hey, that'd be really funny, um, because you can't use it. That's kind of one of the rules. Is it uh, tough to think of a character's right up from that spot? Well, part of the trick of the whole thing is, is that you don't necessarily have to think of anything necessarily. All you're going to do is you're going to be up there with another person, and then that person's going to throw out one little bit of information, and then you're going to respond to that little bit of information. And then together, you keep this back and forth, you know, adding more and more detail to whatever you're doing, at which point the characters and the plot and the whole entire story comes out of. So it's not necessarily 
thinking about it. It's more just responding to what was just said. Do you do any exercises to help you with that before, like just practicing? Actually, uh, everybody in the ensemble has gone through uh, the training center. We have a training center, so if you're interested in learning improvisation, you can learn. Do you want to tell us um, what what are one of the games that you guys practice when teaching? Sure. The um, there's this game called Ad Executive, and the way that it's played is it's basically a game that um, talks about yes and. That's one of the basic ideas of improv, which is um, agreeing with what your partner says and adding information. So, for instance, if I were to say we're all mountain hikers up here on Mount Everest today. You all would agree with it. You know, like Lucia would say, yes, and I'm really, really cold. And Tracy would be like, yes, and I just ate my last power bar. And so you're, you're agreeing and you're adding information. Um, and there's a game called Ad Executive. And what you do is you get someone who's kind of the host of it. And I'm like the, the president of the company. And what we do is we go around and we create a product together. Like, for instance, go ahead and uh, give me any product. I need a product of something that we're going to sell. Cereal. <laughs> Cereal. Fantastic. Yes, that's fantastic. We all have to say yes afterwards. So yes. 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 So we all say yes. Okay, so cereal. Now we have to have something special about our cereal. What's special about our cereal? It is mixed with eggs. Yes, yes. it's mixed with eggs. Yes, fantastic. And in addition to being mixed with eggs, it's a special color. What color is our cereal? Purple. Purple, yes, fantastic. And what's the name of our cereal? Mr. Magoo's Magic Purple Cereal. Yes, fantastic. And it goes on and on and on like that. So what we're doing is we're creating something together and everyone adds a piece of information. And once a piece of information has been said, that's the truth of it. So no fair to say, yes, it's mixed with eggs and not, they're not really eggs. They're egg colored plastic. No, well, it's been said that it's been eggs. So it's eggs. Really the meat of uh, improv is not just, it's not people coming up with jokes like perhaps you'd see like on even on Saturday Night Live, like the sketches are written and then there's punchlines and jokes and the whole entire thing, especially, you know, like with stand up people. Um, improv, the, the funniness comes out of watching the two people work together and create this story um, out of nothing. And because it's coming out of nothing and you know it's coming from both of these individuals, they end up in this place that they individually couldn't have got to by themselves. OK, mm -hmm. I understand that you guys brought a recorded piece. Uh, can you tell us uh, what was like in the making of it? Sure. Um, the, the piece that we brought is from actually from a show that we did here at KUNM. It's the KUNM Radio Theater on Sunday, Radio Theater Hour on Sunday nights. This sketch is actually about um, a fellow Mark who has trouble with the girls. And so his parents who are, you know, MIT scientist types build him um, a, a robotic wingman to kind of help him out with the ladies. Let's commence the pickup. Remember, she's a restaurant manager with a prosthetic ear. Hi there. Can I uh, buy you a drink? Um, sure. Bartender, please get this beautiful young woman a uh, ramen coke. And I'll have the same. Hi, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Erica. I've actually had my eye on you. Well, actually on your robot. To be honest, I've never seen a robot in a bar before. How rude of me. Erica, let me introduce you to Simon. I'm a professor at MIT, and he's my newest creation. Nice to meet you, Erica. You're looking lovely this evening. And I programmed all of his charm. <laughs> a professor? Really? I never would have guessed. You actually look kind of familiar to me. Did you ever deliver pizzas for Joey's Pizzeria? Uh, no. You must have mistaken me for someone else. Because you look just like that delivery guy. I think his badge said Mark, too. How strange. That's impossible. 
Professor Mark has been with the university for several years. He has won several awards. I have newspaper clippings I can show you. No, that's okay. So, Mark, what can your robot do? Just about anything. I'm trying to teach him about human behavior, so I try to bring him out wherever I go. So, Simon, what have you learned about humans so far? The bedrock of your society lies in the restaurants. If people can't get a good meal, then as far as I can tell, life is not worth living. In my opinion, restaurant managers make this world go around. Oh my god, I couldn't agree more. I'm a restaurant manager over at the Bistro on Main and Broad. How fascinating. How do you enjoy that? It's fine. So, Simon, please tell me what else you've learned about humans. People look down upon others who aren't perfect. This is a shame. For instance, someone with a prosthetic limb should have just as many opportunities as anyone else. This is so amazing. Here, let me show you. Look, I've got a fake ear, and I think it's prevented me from being promoted to district manager. Simon, it's almost like you can read my mind. So, are you seeing someone right now? He's a robot. He doesn't date. The professor is correct. Unlike humans, I don't have feelings. <laughs> that hasn't stopped me before. Here's my number. Should give me a call sometime. Maybe we can get a drink or something. But he's a robot. He doesn't drink. Anyway, Simon, I hope to hear from you soon. I have to be running. I've got a date. Bye. <laughs> Great. I just lost Easy Erica to a robot. She even kissed you. We just heard uh, a sketch um, called The Wingman. That was from the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater. The other piece you brought um, seems to sound a lot more like regular improv, just mm -hmm. on impulse. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, the Wingman sketch was actually a completely scripted sketch, more like what you'd see on Saturday Night Live or something like that. Um, the next bit that we're going to hear um, was truly improvised. Uh, Alex and Adrian, two of our... Uh, improvisers down at the theater uh, were given just some random sounds. They didn't hear them ahead of time, just given some random sounds. And then as these two characters that they put on uh, responded and told us what those sounds meant to them. <laughs> That's the sound my sister makes uh, in the morning. Uh, she's really mean and she only lets me use the bathroom for like 10 minutes. And then she gives me like a grade four noogie. Uh, I believe I'm actually going bald in one area of my scalp. That was a that was a level four Pegasus warrior. He's got a he's got enchantments and uh he's got a big spear, obsidian tipped, uh circa bronze age. Very tough customer there. Uh you're gonna need to use a magic missile or a charm spell on him. Galaga! Yes! Yes! It sounds like the first edition, not the second, third, fourth, or fifteenth. Uh, originally developed by Ty Patterson out of Coleco Industries in uh, Gunsawana, Ohio. Uh, I actually played this game. I got up to level 400. Before. I got to 401, uh, beating you, and uh, you still owe me that Slurpee, by the way. I protest that match as I got very severe carpal tunnel, was unable to continue as my wrist felt like it had been passed through a meat grinder. I could not continue. 
Uh, I was using my tongue at that point for to fire my laser. Uh, and also, there was a power glitch, which meant that I had to start over, or I clearly would have won. But to be fair, I had stayed up all night the night before building model airplanes, so I wasn't on my A-game. I still deserve the win, I believe. Uh, those guys actually have been working together for a long time. At that point, that was almost a year ago, as I said, they'd only been working together for about... A year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half at that mm-hmm. point. But it's interesting to see because people, after after a certain point, after you work together for a long time, you just begin to kind of know each other and know what people are going to say. And there's a real trust there. So they really have a lot of fun playing with each other. Do you have any programs that go out into the community of youth? youth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got, well, we, of course, we've got our training center stuff, which um, we actually teach at Gorilla Tango. Uh, but we'll also organize uh, workshops that go out to the high schools and um, actually elementary schools too now because Doug's got a program at yeah. Bandelier. Um, so yeah, we'll go out to the schools and organize either like a one-day, like one-time workshop or a series of workshops uh, pretty much per the specs of you know what the school is trying to accomplish in terms of how much improv they want to get out there, uh, either just an intro or a little bit more advanced look at it. Um, yeah, it's totally... We've done stuff actually for a number of different reasons for drama groups that want to learn more about improv. We actually did something with um, with SIPI actually uh, to help students learn more about like how to feel more comfortable interviewing for scholarships and things like that. Improv actually translates because you don't need it just for drama. You can use it for public speaking. You can use it for teamwork. You can use it for just feeling comfortable in front of an audience, things like that. And to wrap this up... Um, where is Gorilla Tango located? Ah, good question, actually. <laughs> Gorilla Tango's at 519 Central Avenue Northwest. Uh, that's right downtown. That's 6th and Central. Mm-hmm. And there's a website. There's a website you right. can go to com. All one word, gorilla, like the animal, tango, like the dance. Yeah, and as we mentioned earlier, we've got all kinds of shows. I mean, we've got our improv shows, which run every week. But then we've got a whole show schedule page with just all kinds of different scripted shows, um, you know, music, you know, music stuff, just all kinds of different mm-hmm. things going on all the yeah. time. Well, thank you for that. Um, I really learned a lot more about improv and the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> We've been talking with Dana Bate and Kelly Williams from the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater. And now we have some more awesome tunes from Avikra. Next, we have Fishing for Religion by Arrested Development. Tennessee. 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah.
That was Just To Get By by Talib Kweli. And before that, you heard Sick by the Sneaker Pimps. And before that, it was Tennessee by Arrested Development. I'm Lucia Martinez, a collective member of Youth Radio. Last weekend, an environmental group called the Bioneers had their annual conference in California. One of the 17 satellite conferences was held in both Taos and Albuquerque. Youth Radio producer Luis Martinez went to the Bioneers conference at UNM and prepared this. The conference consisted of many workshops and seminars, discussion and satellite feeds from the San Francisco Bay Area. However, as the Bioneers profess, ecology is local. And so I chose to concentrate on a presentation by Robert Laporte and Alfred von Backmeyer in the Student Union Building of UNM, titled The Coming Age of Building, Blending Community, Technology, and Tradition. The main focus of their workshop was the importance of building environmentally friendly and functional homes that not only are environmentally cleaner, but which actually serve and function within our communities. Laporte refers to an experience in a local library to illustrate. And the next page, the igloo is built, the Eskimo, he, he or her or she, he, she, was inside with this cup of something. And there's like this satisfaction, contentment on their face. And it just, like, it hit me like a samurai. And uh, I said, man, if this person can create a home, a shelter with water, <laughs> and a whalebone. I gotta be on a gold mine. In Iowa, I got water, I got earth, I got straw, I got timber, I got stone. You know, I'm on a gold mine. And that is a fact. It hit me like a samurai too. Ouch. What stings even more is the state in which Laporte and Backmeyer describe our modern building practices. The vast pollution of our habitats, the wanton waste of our resources, and the decimation of our communities. Laporte and Backmeyer argue for our return to ancient building practices that build viable homes and communities. There was incredible genius in, 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 in their designs. Um, that have we, Had we studied a lot more of this when our engineers and architects started coming up with the modern buildings, maybe we would be in a different place in this world right now. Well, we're not, not, because with cheap electricity and cheap fuel... We've been able to sort of just basically oppose nature and just do whatever we want. In New Mexico, many natural building practices have been included into laws or building codes, such as hay bale, rammed earth, and light straw clay. Laporte echoes the timelessness of these materials in an anecdote from his early days of research. You know, when Alfred and I started doing this, there wasn't a single book. Now there's 50 books on natural building, but the best book on natural building you're not going to find in the building section of a library. You know where you're going to find it? What did I, how did I start? Audubon. What was the book they gave me? Bird Nests of North America. So we have 21 bioregions in North America. And in that book, there was 200 different nests. Some with just pure pine needles. Some with pebbles. You know, some like you see here. Some of the less tangible benefits of natural building, Laporte, Laporte describes through a story about seeing one of his first inspiring natural material homes in Canada. I could feel 
the craft, the love of the person that had carefully taken this gift, these trees, had peeled them and had created a home. And, you know, I can't do justice to that experience in words. This personal, individual happiness is echoed by Alfred von Bachmeyer in his experiences in the communities of Juarez, where he has been building affordable housing using these practices, sometimes for as little as $3,500 a home. What Alfred describes is the community, the health of which is an essential prerequisite and product of itself. We'd been using mixers before to mix the, the earth and plasters, and, uh, and I talked to them about getting the mixer over there, but somehow the mixer never arrived, and I was like, well, what are we going to do now? And so, so sure enough, a couple bathtubs got dragged into the site, and there were like five people mixing the clay and mixing the straw around these, these bathtubs, and I swear they were mixing it faster than we probably could in the mixer anyway. But everybody was laughing. We were getting into mud fights. I mean, as we had two cultures that couldn't speak to each other to a large extent, they were having a blast, you know. And, and I just, it was great for me to step back at one point and just, just watch, you know, and just see, you know, in that moment, um, we were blending two worlds. The, the, you know, the, the prejudices that we each felt for each other or for the world went away. There were kids there. There, were, there was one woman who was eight and a half months pregnant, was slinging mud around. We were all worried she was going to sling too much and have her birth right there, you know. And so, so it was just this whole thing that went on that, that's been just transpiring for me as I, as I just jumped into this stuff that has been a, a revolutionary change in my own thought process, I guess, of, of where we're going and how we, how we get there. However attractive and idyllic the circumstance which Backmeyer and Laporte advocate, you must first always consider the practicality of their application within modern society. How many of us would actually be willing to sacrifice our wall-to-wall -wall carpeting for a beeswax pressed earth floor, or our air-conditioned sheetrock fortresses for walls that breathe and thatched grass roofs? Laporte underscores the sentiment of modern American society. But uh, we had a building inspector come to give us our what's called a CO. That's like the final approval from the government. And he drove up, he drove up, and he looked at the building and he says, another fucking mud hut. <laughs> That's what he said. You think I was gonna get a CO? No. However, at the same time, with the proper amount of self-motivation, caring, and initiative, these designs can be implemented, even in the most adverse circumstances, Laporte explains. I think it was in 1993 I visited Los Angeles. I was invited to give a workshop in Laguna Beach, and uh, I met a woman there. Maybe someone can help me out, because I'm sure she's well-known now, but her first name was Julia, and she was in downtown L.A. She had a, a house surrounded by all these huge condominiums. She still had a, uh, a house that was probably built 50 years ago. This house was off the grid, downtown LA. Well, she was still plugged in, but she didn't use that power. She had her PVs. I, I, I have pictures of this house, it's incredible. She had PVs, she had solar hot water, she had composting toilet in there. She was recycling her gray water. She had a permaculture garden in the backyard, grew all of her food, for, I don't know, 80% of her food in her backyard. Whether this approach is a solution, or at least part of it, I'm still not sure. 
Can we look to the past for solutions to tomorrow's problems? Or must we look to the day after tomorrow for these solutions to tomorrow's problems? I'm not sure. What we can be sure of is that our current systems are unsustainable, and eventually, if we do nothing, they will collapse. Is it our duty to preserve this earth as we received it for generations to come? Or should we live our lives with wild abandon, fulfilling every strange whim as so pleases our senses in the moments of our individual earthly existence, which is, after all, all we can really guarantee? Personally, this reporter would like a cookie. That was Luis Martinez, and now back to our music host. All right, next we have up, um, See the Constellation by They Might Be Giants. for you tonight, I'd like to introduce... the lesson part one by the roots and before that you heard cure for the itch by lincoln park and before that you heard see the constellation by they might be giants now i'm going to pass the mic on to mina and evan for calendar Good evening. This is your Youth Radio Weekly Calendar. I'm Evan Molson. And I'm Nina Lee. Every Friday, you can listen to Poetry on the Patio. It starts at 8 p.m. Try some pie and chai while listening or sharing poetry at La Serena 2 Cafe, 1501 Mountain Road, Northwest. For more information, call 244-9105. Every Tuesday through Saturday, there'll be Old Town Ghost Tours, for more information, call 249-7827. Every Friday night at the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater, check out Friday Night Stank. It starts at 8 p.m. Also, every Saturday night, get entertained with improvised musicals. Those start at 8 p.m. as well. For more information about these shows or more programs that Gorilla Tango has, call 245-8600. There'll be the 34th Annual High Desert Rugby Tournament on October 23rd and 24th. That's today and tomorrow. You can come and eat food, be entertained, and more. For more information, call 271-0738. At the Peace and Justice Center on October 24th, there will be Poets Against the War. 
It'll start at 8 p.m. And for more information, call 268-9557. An all-ages show will be held at the launch pad. I am the Avalanche, Rock Kills Kid, and the audition will be performing at 7 p.m. on October 25th. For more information, visit the website at www.launchpadrocks.com. On Thursday, October 27th through Sunday, October 30th, you can come hear real ghost stories in the places where they actually occurred. It runs from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. in the Old Town Plaza. For more information, visit www.nmghosttours.com. The National Hispanic Cultural Center is having a Day of the Dead celebration. On October 28th, you can come see Rosita's Day of the Dead, a one-woman play by Ruby Nelda Perez. It'll be held at the Albuquerque Journal Theater at 7 p.m. On October 29th, you can come to the Dia de los Muertos Family Day at the Roy E. Disney Center for Performing Arts from 1 to 5 p.m. For more information about these events, you can call 246-2261. On Friday, October 28th, starting at 5 p.m., you can come trick-or-treat on Main Street in downtown Los Alamos. Also, at 7 p.m., there will be Halloween Haunts, a mini Halloween carnival. On October 29th, starting at 6 p.m., the Los Alamos Arts Council will be having a Los Alamos pumpkin glow. For more events and information about these events, call Christy at 661-4816. At La Siringuitu Cafe, you can come join the Iris Costume Party. The event runs from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. on Saturday, October 29th. La Siringuitu Cafe is at 1501 Mountain Road Northwest. All these events are posted on the youth radio page on KUNM.org. If you have any suggestions or events that you would like featured on our weekly calendar, please write us on the youth radio message board or send us an email to youthradio at KUNM.org. Tune in next week for more events around Albuquerque and the KUNM listening area. I'm Mina Lee. And I'm Evan Molson. And now here's Kyle and Lucia. This has been a production of Youth Radio. Our calendar hosts were Evan Molson and Mina Lee. Our music host was Avika Lucky. The Gorilla Tango interview was done by Lucia Martinez and Tracy Tram. Bioneers Conference segment was put together by Luis Martinez. Our engineer was Paul Ingalls. Our producer was Michael Harley. Other Youth Radio Collective members are Kirby Platero, Joe Savage, and a special shout out to Mars Chalon. Our adult conspirators were Roberto Rael, Paul Ingalls, Marcos Martinez, and Krista Pino. I'm your host, Kyle Ferris. And I'm Lucia Martinez. You've been listening to Youth Radio 89.9 KUNM. Next up is a spoken word. September